Second down, out of the shotgun, play action. Cousins on a deep drop. Here's a deep shot to Stephon Diggs, and it's caught to the 20, 15, 10, yes! Oh! 75-yard strike, Cousins, Diggs, 23-20. It's time for X's and O's with Vikings head coach Mike Zimmer on the Minnesota Vikings radio network. Now, from the TCO Studios in Egan, here is the voice of the Vikings, Paul Allen. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to X's and O's on the Minnesota Vikings radio network. It's Paul Allen with Vikings head coach Mike Zimmer into a road game against the New York Giants. I'm sorry about the way things worked out uh, against the Chicago Bears. Here we are, middle of the week, into uh, into the Giants game. I know uh, in the NFL there's the 24-hour rule. Is it really that easy, or or do things ever linger after losses? Uh, well, I think it lingers with the with the fans and the coaches a lot more than the players. You know, they have to get over it pretty quick, but uh, so do we, and we have to get moving on to the next game and figure out what we did wrong uh, last week, and then and figure out what we need to do right this week. When 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 you lose a tough game, is is there anything you can share with the audience that you do to like get through it quickly, like emotional eating or something like that? No, not really. I just, uh, you know, it, it just lingers on for you. You know, you don't sleep very well the next couple of days, and then um, then you put all your focus on uh, on the Giants, and that's what we have to do. Do you, um, do you at any time of the equation, whether you're winning or losing, find yourself missing your horse Gina Baby, uh, <laughs> a horse with whom you became very close this summer? Um, I haven't missed her too much yet, but uh, maybe down the road. Yeah, she's she's at a farm in Shakopee. If you ever want to uh, relax and like ease your mind and and just get your mind off football, okay? Be all right if I ride her. Uh, for yeah, probably. I mean, she might end up being a swayback, but that's not <laughs> that's not a personal affront at you. I'm just trying to make you smile. Um, at um at your Monday press conference, you mentioned a twelve technique. What um what is a twelve technique? Well, over the guard is a three technique. Mm-hmm. Um. Over the 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 uh, offensive tackle is a five or six okay. I seven eight nine on the defensive Whoa. end, right? An outside defensive yeah. end, and then if the guy's wide, like there's another guy out there, yeah. that would be a twelve technique. So is that like out by the boundaries or like not out quite by that the far? But it's a, it's, a, it's wide. It's okay. a it's a real wide nine. Yeah, is that is that a frequently played defense by by uh, most teams? Some or some of the three four outside linebackers do that. Yeah. So so when teams are running well and or running well wide, you may see more of that, right? Yeah. So definitely. so so do teams do teams employ that like on the fly weekly to neutralize teams or is it like part of what they do usually it's part of what they do they'll uh and and really they're out there wide but at the end of the day they're going attacking the tight end and trying to get him up the field and then come back up underneath anyway now i know with uh with players coaches or whomever the off losses the frustration level can be high specifically with dalvin cook during the game did you sense he became frustrated and and maybe tried to do a little too much no, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't feel that at all. Uh, you know, I'm sure he was frustrated with not being able to uh, get out and get in, get in space as much as he wanted to. But uh, you know, Dalvin's a great kid. He's gonna um, he's gonna just do whatever's called, and uh, he's gonna try and do it the best of his ability. What um, uh, What are your views so far through four, Mike, on on the tight end production from a pass catching standpoint? It's it's just it's kind of low at this moment. Yeah, it's it's been low. Um, you know, but there's been a couple games we haven't had to throw the ball much, so that 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 will continue to come. I know we had 
a couple chances for on, in, on the tight ends last week. Uh, we didn't get him the ball for whatever reason, but there were some opportunities there. And the week before that, Irv Smith, three catches for 60 yards. Um, with uh, Regarding Kirk Cousins, with, with, with the quarterback, do you in any way feel he needs to play more freely? just more loosely maybe and and if so like like how do you get players to do that yeah um you know i've talked to him many times about you know just going out and playing a game and relax and having fun and and doing those things um so you know i think that's important for him that uh you know i I think he has a lot of pressure on him and he needs to just you know relax and play um you know, kind of like he did in the two-minute drill a little bit. And and as the head coach, you're managing everything during the course of the battle. So, like, if you sense, like, say, say he misses on something big or a player makes a significant mistake, how, during the course of the game, is it on the coaches, the players, to help break that ice to get them through it? Yeah, yeah it's, all, it's on all of us. Uh, you know, it's going over and telling them, hey, let's let this thing loose now you know don't worry about it and you know if something bad happens we'll we'll cover for you so um you know it just it's just some of those things do you like how the punter's playing i know you don't yeah. get many punter questions but in the in, in the preseason i mean there was just so much teeth gnashing over so many facets of the special teams what do you like about Britton Colquitt? well i think Britton's done a really nice job he's hung the ball up high we've had uh good coverage units out of, out of it we've been able to uh have good hang time and good distance, and he's been uh, very good directionally. When you watch back that onside kick, did, did you think J. Ron had a better chance to get it after watching it back than maybe live? Um, no, I kind of thought about it the same. I thought he had a chance to get it. You know, uh, you know, maybe if he laid out and di- dove, he had a he had a better opportunity. And and with onside kicks, the way things are constructed with kickoffs now, five mandatory five on each side. I mean, they're really really difficult to close on those right yeah they're they're difficult uh you probably see a few more uh um dribblers in the middle you see some more popped over the 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 front line i think some of those things what do you uh what do you see in duke rookie quarterback daniel jones he's been very very impressive uh you know he stands in there like a veteran um He's got good feet, um, excellent arm, gets rid of the ball quick. I think he sees the field very well, uh, and he moves athletically. Uh, you know, he's not afraid to escape the pocket, uh, step up in the pocket, um, you know, scramble. He scrambled on a, a fourth and five to win the game against Tampa Bay. So uh, he's been very impressive. What uh, What are some Pat Shermer staples to running an offense? Uh, you know, well, Pat's always going to mix in the run. He's he's got some zone reads in there, uh, some RPOs. Um, you know, he's going to get under the center some. He's going to be in the gun some. And then, uh, you know, they've got quite a quite a bit of two by two formations that they'll they'll use. Um, you know, we call them opposite high lows. They'll take one of the receivers and put him in the middle of the field and drag the other guy and flare the back curls on the outside. Uh, you know, they like those. He likes get some four verticals in there, um, take some shots around the 35-yard line. Um, you know, some and he's got some good play action. Uh, the boots, he's, you know, run a few more boots with him. 2017 was fantastic here on many levels. Pat was the offensive coordinator. You you lose Bradford game one, then you lose Dalvin Cook. What what do you remember with with Shermer's leadership on the offense during that time to get around significant problems and distractions? Yeah, well, I think uh, Pat did a great job of uh, doing what we had to do to win and playing, helping play to the team's strength. Uh, you know, we ran the ball. Um, he tried to uh, help Case. Uh, you know, make sure that he was playing within the in the team concept, and uh, you know I thought he did a great job. Pat's a great great person, good friend, 
um, you know, an excellent football coach. What, what, when you go on the road, what, what are some maybe under-the-radar challenges with winning on the road compared to the comforts of home? Yeah, well, uh, we talk about winning on the road. One of the things is try to keep uh, maintain the same um, um, uh, panache, confidence. No, 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 no. Um, the same, routine. same, same routine all yeah. the time. You know, we try and try and make it the same as much as we can. We talk about um, being us against the world. We talk about um, focusing on your job. We focus. We talk about focusing on uh, weathering the st- the storm. You know, making sure we overcome the first big uh, turnover or the big uh, you know play that they get. How we have to you know, maintain it and then try to get the momentum back to win the football game. You know, those um, uh, pretty much for every team, the, those guys in the trenches, the defensive tackles for you, Linval Joseph and Shamar Stephan, of course. But Garrett Bradbury's progression. I mean, we, we, we go from Grady Jarrett to Kenny Clark to Jonathan Hankins, who's a tough veteran, um, into, um, into the Bears' front seven. How is Garrett adapting, given the challenges have been so stiff so soon? Yeah, he's had, he's had uh, a lot of good work in these first four ball games, but you know he's he continues to develop. He's uh, he's he hasn't hardly made any mental errors. Uh, you know, there's obviously areas of his game that he needs to improve on, but uh, he's going to be a very good player. Dexter Lawrence, their first round pick from Clemson. What do you see in him? Yeah, very active. Um, does a nice job in the pass rush, but also in the run game. Um, you know, he's got length and uh, and good size. So he, he he's a he's a he's a good football player. Last one, Golden Tate returns for uh, the Giants this week. What um, what do you remember about Golden from his days with the Lions, and how do you think he'll be used with the Giants? Yeah, probably similarly. Uh, he's you know, um, Golden Tate is a very physical runner. Uh, hard to bring down. Uh, they've always used him a lot on rockets. They've used him a lot on some of the wide receiver screens where he can get the ball in his hands and, and go. But you know, he, he you know he made a big catch against us here in uh, in overtime to win the football game uh, a few years ago. And uh, but but that's kind of what he is. He's a very very solid good player. Thank you very much. Good luck. Thank you. Mike Zimmer, head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, and I'm Paul Allen. Defensive line coach Andre Patterson is around the corner, and uh, we invite you to stop by the Friday Football Feast this Friday at Buffalo Wild Wings Monticello. Enjoy game day specials and grab a Coors Light, the official beer of drinking beer on Friday mornings. Also, visit the new Vikings Museum and Team Headquarters at Vikings Lakes. For more information, it's EganMN.com. That's where you get details. I'm Paul Allen. Defensive line coach Andre Patterson joins us next on the KFAN Minnesota Vikings Radio Network. X's and O's on the Vikings Radio Network continues. We invite you to join Muss with Everson Griffin for Vikings Country next Tuesday, 5.30 to 8.30 at Hoppers in Waconia. That's presented by Miller Lite. Go to Vikings.com slash Vikings Country for more information and the full schedule. Speaking of Everson Griffin, uh, his position coach, Andre Patterson, is our guest to finalize X's and O's into the New York Giants game. Uh, 
Uh, how um, how did your defense play versus the Chicago Bears? Oh, we played pretty good. I mean, I, you know, they gave, we only gave up one touchdown, and usually when you give up one touchdown, you think your odds are pretty good to win the game. Uh, you know, but we went into the game saying that you know the best defense would win the game, and obviously they they play a little bit better than we did. Uh, but I thought our defense did a great job of keeping us in the game, and uh, hopefully we thought we maybe we'd get a turnover and uh, put it in the end zone and give us a chance to win. But, you know, going back and watching the tape, you know, the, my group, the, the D-line played outstanding that day, and they were physical up front to stop the running game. And, you know, even though we, you know, we really had two sacks, these got taken away, but we hit the quarterback a bunch. You know, Everson Griffin was on fire. Mm. He, he he dominated that tackle through the whole through the whole game. So, you know, it was it was a good fourth game for us, and we just got to keep building. So you, so you, I mean, you being one of the real uh, highly respected defensive line coaches in the NFL, you expect high level performance every single game. With what Everson did to Jake Matthews, and in that Falcons game. Through what you said, how he just handled Charles Leno Jr. and the Bears game, are are you are you saying that that Everson through four is giving you pretty much exactly what you want? Oh, way more. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think right now, you know, knock on wood, through four football games, Everson's playing better than he's ever had. You know, I mean, he's, you know, he played two Pro Bowl tackles back to back, week one and week two, yeah. and dominated them. You know, so. Um, right now, he's playing great football. He's locked in. He's focused. Um, he's a he's a lot for an offensive tackle to handle, and uh, hopefully th- that continues through the rest of the season. With uh, with maybe it would have been the case with Mitchell Trubisky, but then Chase Daniel comes in. They start running the game at the line, and and it was as you guys would say in the business, quick game. <laughs> from from a defensive line coach or defensive lineman standpoint, does it get frustrating when they play the quick game the way they did? Yeah, it does, and I have to constantly say to him on the sideline, "Don't get frustrated." Just keep rushing, you know, and it's it's hard uh, for you that you're working so hard to get back there. And right when you get there, the ball's out, you know, the ball's out. Now, you know, if they could put the quarterback in shotgun and not even put an offensive lineman in front of him, and we we can't get there before he gets the ball out of his hands. So yeah. That's why we say all the time that rush and coverage works hand in hand. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And yeah. so they did a great job of getting the ball out of his hand uh, before we could actually sack him. But it tells you how fast we were getting back there because we got quite a few hits on him. If Fadio Denebo slid into some nickel action in that Bears game, what led to that? Um, he's doing. He's been doing really well in practice. You know, all, all training camp. Uh, so far during the season, you know, I've rushed him inside and and uh, kept trying to develop him in there, and, and I thought he was ready for the opportunity, you know, and he made an outstanding play on the screen, you know, late in the game. Yeah. And uh, so I'm going to continue to give him those opportunities because he's earned it. What um, what does Hercules Mata'afa have to do to improve? He was active three consecutive, but not the last game. Well, I think he just got to keep working every day. You know, I, I, like I told you, PA, you know, people forget that this kid is still really a rookie you know he went through three days of rookie minicamp and blew out his knee so you know he didn't go through training camp he didn't go through the preseason so he's a rookie in my mind and so he he still has to continue to work to improve every day and that's what he's doing and I think the kid has a bright 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 future ahead of him and uh, he works hard every day and he's going to continue to get better Andre might be a dumb question uh, because he's such a high-end player but I'm a fired anyway because I want to hear you explain why how is Daniil Hunter's overall game? Um, 
I think Daniil is a complete football player as yeah. a defensive lineman. He's mm-hmm. uh, he's a very good run defender. He uses his his length very well. He has the ability to get off of blocks and make plays inside and outside. Uh, and then as a pass rusher, he's very difficult to block because of his length, his speed, and then also his power. So, um, you know, he, he's a tough guy for, for offensive linemen to be able to handle. When when he was a rookie, Andre, you told me he reminded you of a guy you coached named Elvis Doomerville. So now we're X amount of games into a very accomplished career. Is that still the case? Um. When I told you he reminded me of Elvis, it was just because Elvis had long arms <laughs> like D. You know, even though Elvis was barely six feet, you know, Elvis had arms of a six foot five guy, you know. Uh, and so Daniil has very long arms. That, that's the part that reminded me of, of Elvis. But as players, they're totally different guys. Really? You know, Elvis was a four nine guy at best. Like I said, he was. 5'11", yeah. really. Gotcha. Um, you know, Elvis won on great technique and using his long arms, you know, whereas D has tremendous speed and length and athleticism. So they're, they're two differently different players altogether. Is Linval Joseph excited to play his former team, the Giants? Uh, I haven't talked to him about it. I would imagine he would be, um, but I haven't talked to him about it. We've just been working on you know what the Giants do and, and how we can do the best job we can of matching up against him. You know, with, uh, with one of the legitimately the best defenses in the NFL and, and certainly one of the best defensive lines in the NFL, and it being a team game with what Linval and Shamar and whomever do in front of Kendricks, I had Kendricks earlier today on my 9 to noon radio show on KFAM. And I'm certainly not going to say Eric framed it up like I'm nothing without these two in front of me. But it, it just it was it was very it was very impressive for him to quickly point out the importance of Joseph and Stefan, specifically in the Raiders game, for what he does. Well, I mean, I saw something, I think it was earlier this week that was talking about what kind of year Eric Kendricks is having. And I just started laughing because <laughs> because I told you and I think I told Wabi, too, you know, in, in 17, he had a great year. And he had 93 and 98 in front of him. Yeah. You know, and last year he had a good year. Yeah. But now all of a sudden this year he's got 98 and 93 back in front of him again. Right. And he's a tackling machine. And he's a tackling machine because 98 and 93 eat up two blocks. So there's nobody that can get to him. He can just run from sideline <laughs> to sideline and hit people, you know. Oh, yeah. So, you know, that, that, that's the thing is that this is, this is the ultimate team game. Football is the ultimate team game. And when you when you got D linemen that buy in to believing that it's their best interest to keep the guys standing behind them free, okay? Yeah. Then you have a chance for something really good to happen. And it's hard to do, PA as a coach. It's uh, hard to do because these guys want to get paid too, right? Oh yeah. So for me to say, you know what? Your job is to make sure you hold up two guys. Yeah. Instead of you trying to get in the backfield. Okay? Yeah. So I'm really fortunate that I have a room of guys that have bought into team first. Uh, Giants quarterback Daniel Jones. Is, is this one of the games for your defensive end where, yeah, you want to hit him. Yeah, you want to do A, B, and C, but you got to keep contained. Yeah. You, you don't want to let him get outside. Yeah, it's like, it's like playing Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. You know, it's like what we were doing last week if, if uh, Trubisky would have stayed in the game. You know, we got to rush together. Uh, we got to understand where he wants to escape from the pocket, and we got to do a good job of covering up those lanes. But I think most importantly, we can't be afraid to rush. 
You know, and that's what happens a lot of time. You get so scared that we can't let him run, we can't let him run. Right. And then you don't rush, right? And then the game's over and he threw for 400 yards and we never hit him. And everybody <laughs> goes, what happened to the D-line? Well, we made him so scared for him to run, yeah. they didn't rush. Well, we got to rush. But we just got to rush together and protect one another. And, you know, through the years, our guys have done a good job of doing that. From what you know about um, Pat Shermer, are there Shermer staples to his offense? Like, like you know, I'm not going to say things you absolutely know are coming, but the way he operates. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, we're going to see explosive plays. They're going to try to make explosive plays. Right. You know, the, once the ball gets around the 35, 40-yard line, he's going to take his shot to try to make a big play. Yeah. And, you know, that's what he did very well when he was around here. Um, he's going to try to establish the run game, and uh, he's going to do the best job he can of trying to protect the quarterback. Uh, 45 seconds. Saquon Barkley, obviously high-end. Wayne Gallman, his replacement, what changes? Um, nothing changed in, in, in how they go about their offense. The run game is still the same. The passing game is still the same. Um, you know, He's just a different runner than, than, than Barkley. You know, that, that kid's special. You know, Barkley's yeah. a special, special runner, uh, but the but the other kid's a good player, and, and we got to do a good job of uh, tackling him and and making sure we don't give him free rush lanes. Uh, thank you very much for the time. Best of luck this weekend. Oh, anytime. Andre Patterson, defensive line coach for the Minnesota Vikings, wrapping up X's and O's. Where we thank everybody who uh, assisted us. Uh, that would include Vikings insider Mike Wabshaw with Vikings.com, Eric Nordquist with the flagship for Vikings football, KFAN. Likewise for. Zach Halverson, and everybody at the Vikings Entertainment Network. The Vikings and Giants do battle this Sunday at noon, the pregame for the flagship at 10, and for network affiliates, 11 a.m. I'm Paul Allen from the TCO Studios. That's X's and O's on the KFAN Minnesota Vikings Radio Network.